Welcome back, Tiger Hawk Sports fans, to another episode of our podcast. Um, we are going to jump right into week five predictions. Um, first, let's just talk about, again, the COVID situation for this before, week. Before we get into that, I mean, the COVID situation is big, but I just got to shout out and say big wow. Um, and we're going to into that big wow, and I'll, I'll stay my wow factor in a second, but all I gotta say is wow for that Thursday night game, and let's move into uh, COVID. How that is affecting? That's another wow, but it's not as big as the wow that I won this on Thursday night, and was definitely a shocker. So, Chris, my question to you right now is: and as much as COVID has affected the NFL, and we've seen the building Titans have already moved the game to Tuesday, and there's speculation that if they don't play Tuesday, then their game may be changed, and all this, all this ruckus going on in the NFL. How do you think this is going to affect the NFL, going to affect the fans, going to affect the players, and going to affect fantasy as fans now may be impacted, that players may not be playing? Although ESPN just came out with this new report saying they're going to accommodate the COVID rules and accommodate what the NFL is doing to accommodate for what the fantasy now has to adapt to. So that's a lot of information. But how do you how do you think that's going to affect all the aspects I just talked about? Well. To be completely honest with you, fantasy already is like a almost like a guessing game with who you want to start and where you want to start them. Um, and then to add on top of that, COVID, like you know, you're not sure um, whether they're going to play that week or not. For example, now that the New York Jets got sent home this week or today because of a positive test on their team, it leaves questions for not only the Jets players that people have, but the Cardinals. So there's big names like Le'Veon Bell, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray. That game is in question, could be in question, and you're not going to know until Sunday when they go take those tests before the game if they're going to play or not. So it's definitely tough because you have to be able you you're going to have to be able to adapt your team. You're going to have to have the depth on your bench. You're going to be able. You're going to have to have the IR spots available or the guys that or there to pick up on the waiver wire. Um, and then, again, the Patriots being moved to Monday night again um, and the Bills and Titans being moved to Tuesday, all these games being moved around, you're going to be able – you're going to have to be able to follow along with what games are moving where and when. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a tough situation. And it makes fantasy, I guess, that much more fun this year, I guess you can say. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't go that statement more. And the fact that fantasy is now affected, especially as, like my partner Chris said, like, you have to be aware of who you want to start on a daily basis anyway. You have to worry about the matchups. You have to worry about who's going to perform better on your bench or in the wave wide that you can add. And now you have that COVID in there, so now there's another option to that saying, now a player may have COVID, now who's going to replace him and still have a good week? It's definitely impactful to fantasy. It's something you got to watch out for but I think a big thing that is affecting the NFL in general is all these positive tests are now impacting not just the that specific team, but the team that they're playing because they were supposed to play that week. So now their bye week, if they do not play, is now changed because of that team that was COVID test. So you're affecting the other team on how they per- perceive their season to be. So now – they're not as ready for the game at their upcoming because they had to take unexpected bye week or they had to take it's unexpected, I'm going to leave and not go to the facility and not work in my training facility and have to just do everything over online and these 
a call or via Skype or something like that. So it affects players that aren't necessarily in that specific area as much as it does for the teams that have COVID. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I think the NFL isn't doing a terrible job with the way they're handling it right now. Um, I agree. It's, just, that, I mean. it's the way the teams are handling it. And I mean, yeah. the Patriots have done the right thing. They took precautionary measures last week when Cam Newton tested positive on Saturday or a couple of days before the game, whatever it was. They did not fly out to Kansas City. They waited until everyone tested negative until they left. And they left the day of the game. They arrived three hours before the game in Kansas City, which is a tough situation, but it's a great way to protect everyone. Um, it's what you have to do. And to see a team like the Titans, who not, didn't have just one positive test, they had positive tests every single day of the week last week. And it was because they broke protocol. They went to a high school field when they weren't supposed to and were practicing as a group and as a players. And then you saw the outbreak. And it doesn't just affect that team. Like It, it affected every other team. The Steelers, who they were supposed to play last week, got the short end of the stick. They had... They were supposed to play the Titans, and they ended up using their bye week in week four and only ended up having a three-day bye. So instead of having the whole week off like they were supposed to, they only had three days because the Titans decided they wanted to go have their own practice. To me, I think if I'm the commissioner of the NFL this week, I'm making sure that the Titans forfeit this game. But it's also not fair fair for the Bills and all those that whole division because then you're just giving the Bills a win. And they go to 5-0. And it gives, it puts the Patriots behind more, puts the Dolphins and the Jets behind more. And it's just not a good look. So what the Titans are doing is affecting the entire league and not just themselves. So the the NFL has to find a way to make the Titans an example. They have to use the Titans as an example to show the rest of the NFL that they're not going to tolerate it. Yeah, I can agree with that more. I mean, you think of COVID, you think how serious this can be and how serious this can affect the NFL and severely end the season. And if teams keep acting like the way Titans have, I mean, the only bad news that they have is season can end. And I don't want to see that. So there has to be change. Roger has to do something to change that. And I think he will. I think they're doing the right things. They're moving games. They're trying to get games in. But at the same time, they're trying to conserve the players and make sure the players are healthy, make sure everyone's healthy and everyone's not doing with this COVID scenario as much as we can, even though this has affected us for quite some time now. Moving on with COVID and moving on from all of that, I want to get in this big wow that I started off in the beginning of the episode. Because Nick Foles, quite frankly, in my opinion, owns Tom Brady. Played him twice, started twice, beat him twice. Beat him with the Eagles in the Super Bowl and beat him with the Bears. I mean, yeah, the defense is a big factor for the Bears. But Nick Foles got down the field when he had to and scored a touchdown. Tom Brady didn't do that. Tom Brady didn't get on the field. Tom Brady did not score a touchdown. Tom Brady did not, in the last thing with 135 left, did not get a field goal set up a field goal to win the game. He couldn't do it. Um, and I think that's a big win for the Bears and a big loss for the Bucks. So the Bucks were favored going into that game. I thought the Bucks had a lock win. I thought the Bucks were going to go in there and win the game. And the Bears surprised a lot of teams. Bears came in and said, we're not going to go down. We're not going to stand out without a fight. And they came in and won the game 2019. Yeah, it was close the entire game. The Bucks took a big lead in the beginning. Bears fought back. Bears defense didn't let any more run scored. Uh, touchdowns, field goals, all the points scored. They didn't end the score. They had nothing stop them from shutting down Tom Brady, who is probably the GOAT. And right then and there in that game, Tom Brady did not look like the GOAT. Did not show any status to be a GOAT status. And 
I'm saying this right now, and this is coming out from someone who thinks Tom Brady's a good and I have since day one we had the podcast. What I saw was Tom Brady could not win in a clutch game, in a clutch scenario, without Bill Belichick. That's an interesting uh, take, but the Buccaneers aren't the most experienced team in the NFL, and they went up against a Bears team that absolutely manhandled them at the line of scrimmage, especially Tristan Wirfs. I saw a young player that was going up against Kowal Mack, and he had some trouble. Kowal Mack got to Tom Brady a lot of times, and it took a lot of their scoring away. There was many times in that game that I saw the Buccaneers in the red zone and there ended up being penalties that put them back to third and 25 or Khalil Mack ended up getting a sack or something like that. So they really shot themselves in the foot. And I don't think it was entirely on Tom Brady until the end of the game, which I'll get into in a second. Um, But that Bears defense played absolutely unbelievable yesterday. I think that was one of their best games, if not their best game of the season. Uh, they were going. The Buccaneers were without Chris Godwin, but it was no excuse when they had Mike Evans and Scotty Miller, and you brought in Gronk, who seemed to be absolutely no factor in any of these games so far this year. Um, and if I had to pick, we didn't end up predicting uh, the Thursday night football in our last podcast, but the Bears would. I, I wouldn't say I didn't expect the Bears to win this game. Um, the Bears are playing well. They're four and one now. Uh, I think they're going to roll with Foles for the next couple of games until he proves that he doesn't deserve it. And I think he will keep showing that he is the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Um, but at the end of the game, there was a little, little something that concerned me, and it was the awareness of Tom Brady. On that fourth down, when they were trying to get into field goal range with a minute left, Tom Brady threw a questionable ball to Cameron Brait, and it seemed like he didn't know what down it was. It was fourth down fourth down and like five and he threw a pass over the middle where Cameron Brady was clearly covered. And after the play, Tom Brady stayed on the field expecting it to be fourth down when it wasn't the play previous was fourth down. Um, so he clearly didn't know what play it was and that's why they lost the game. Um, that's exactly like you said, Tom Brady seemed like he didn't know where he was without Bill Belichick at the end of that game. Um, I'm not going to more. I think the Bears played a big game. He said the Bears defense stepped up. The offensive line, yeah, they've been definitely going to do a lot. But I, I just thought that the Bucks could come out with the win. Yeah, I knew it would be close. I knew the Bears are playing team. I knew Nick Foles was not going to go down without a fight, especially if he has a bad game. Which, quite frankly, did not have that much of a bad game. It just wasn't a great game for Nick Foles and what he wanted and what Matt Nagy would have wanted out of Nick Foles. But Bears came out to win, and Bears showing something. Yeah. And I'm um, definitely impressed to see what the Bears do this season with Nick Foles could be and that defense looking sharp. So why don't we just get right into our picks? Um, the first game yeah. is perfect because it's Jaguars Texans, and it's the first game that Romeo Cornell is the head coach of the Houston Texans. Um, and honestly, I don't think there's a better team to be going up against. It's a divisional matchup, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are inexperienced. It's a great way to show that Cornell can come up with a game plan to fool these inexperienced, this inexperienced defense and offense. And I think he'll do it. Um, I think Deshaun Watson is angry at the 0-4 start. And I think he got the piano off his back, like I said in previous podcast. Um, I think Deshaun Watson's going to ball out. And I think the Texans are going to win this game. Yeah, I mean, I see that too. I mean, I, I've been – 
hoping the Titans get this first win, and they have the talent to get the win. So I'm hoping with the new experience, the new head coach of the, the firing of Bill O'Brien last week can definitely spike a new fire under the Texans, especially Deshaun Watson and that offense, that they have a new offense. They have a new running back. They have a new number one in Will Fuller. They have all these common wide receivers. And their defense, yeah, is not as good as it was with the piece they had, but there's still a solid defense there in Tex- with the Texans. So I hope the Texans come out to win against an in- inexperienced Jaguars team. But the Jaguars play, and the Jaguars fight. The Jaguars don't go in other fights. Yet even with the inexperience, Gardner Minshew somehow finds a way to stick in games. But I think hopefully, and I'm, I'm playing the Texans take a victory out here, and stick with not going not going undefeated and losing record this season because that's embarrassing. They go only 16 after having promised with Deshaun Watson. It's, it's going to be embarrassing for the entire franchise. So I think they're going to turn around here and hopefully get a win. So I protection this week. Next game is Bengals versus Ravens. And there was a lot of reports coming out this week that Lamar Jackson wasn't practicing and he wasn't with a knee injury. So I think he's going to be a little limited in what he can do against the Bengals this week and how much he can run and how much he can open up that Ravens offense. Because without him running the football, I don't think that offense is nearly as capable as what it should be. Um, Joe Burrow's coming off his first win against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he's facing Lamar for, I think, the first time in his career. Um, This game is what is expected to be a blowout, I guess you can say, because the Ravens – are a very good team and the Bengals not so much. But I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. Um, I think Joe Burrow is going to hang in there. Um, I think it's going to come down to the last drive, and I think Lamar is going to end up winning the game with his arm. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't get more. I mean, I think the Ravens, even with Lamar James banged up, I think they're going to take a victory. Um, with the banging up, you have to utilize the fact that Lamar Jackson may not be as effective in one game. They may have to rely more Lamar during the passing, which could affect the Ravens' offense more because Lamar is not known for passing as much as known for running the ball and them utilizing the one game to their advantage. Um, and as for the Bengals with Joe Burrow, I think Joe Burrow has developed into a solid QB in the league. I mean, you've seen him put numbers up. You've seen him compete. You've seen him take hits. You, you've seen Joe Burrow step up in a big way for Bengals tonight. needed a new QB. They needed to start fresh. So I think if – the Ravens don't come out with that run and Lamar Jackson's banged up. I think this game is close, but somehow the Ravens take a victory. But in the, I, I, on the other end, if the Ravens are able to utilize Lamar Jackson, able to use, utilize that aspect of that one game and throw the uh, Bengals off guard, I think the Ravens come out with a big victory and a big margin. Yeah. Um, and then we have Panthers-Falcons. Um, the Falcons coming off another loss, starting 0-4. And then you have the Panthers, who, again, are playing without Christian McCaffrey. And for the Falcons, if they lose this game, I think it's Dan Quinn's last. Um, I think especially if Houston wins. I mean, if Houston wins and Atlanta loses, I think they're going to use the Bill O'Brien firing as an example and hopefully a spark to get them going. And the Panthers, um, any win without Christian McCaffrey is huge because it's – Another win, obviously, but it's another game that you show your depth and how, that you can play without your star player, and it's only closer to him recovering from the ankle injury and coming back. But I do think the Falcons will win this game. I don't think Dan Quinn is ready to give up his job yet. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, as I feel like all these NFC South matchups are. Yeah, I mean, 
I see that. I mean, I definitely agree with the fact that Dan Quinn, if he loses this game, his job and this question, he's definitely on a, even a hotter seat than he's right now, and that could mean he's getting fired. And I see that. I see him not staying with the team if they take an L to the Panthers this weekend. Quite frankly, I can see that. I can see the Panthers coming in with utilizing Mike Davis. Mike Davis has taken a big role since McCaffrey's gone. He's utilized that big role. Um, Teddy Bridgewater has been passing the ball pretty well. He has the receivers to do it with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. So I think that's going to be a big effect to watch out for those two guys. And I think the Panthers come out of the victory. I think the Panthers played really good ball lately. I think they've definitely taken a big step into showing that they're not going to be a team that be rolled over. They're not going to be a team with Teddy Bridgewater and QB and be a team that no one's looking at. And I think the Falcons are going to go in five. I think they're going to get rid of Dan Quinn. I think Dan Quinn's going to leave. And after the Dan Quinn era, the Falcons are going to turn around. Because I think the Falcons have the potential. I just see the Panthers coming in there and taking a victory out because they have the more heart and they're going to win the fourth quarter. And they're going to take a victory. So I have the Panthers taking a win. That's interesting. Um, and then the Raiders-Chiefs, as I said before, I think the Kansas City Chiefs, are the best chance to go 16-0. and uh, The way they're playing right now on defense and offense is unbelievable. I don't see anyone beating them. And Mahomes is playing out of his mind. So I think this is an easy win for the Chiefs. And I think they get another one here. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that anymore. I mean, the Chiefs have been playing out of their mind. They Patrick Mahomes and the defense, like you said, have been playing exceptional and I, I mean, I want to say the Raiders are going to put up a fight. I think the Raiders have a decent team where they can compete a little bit, but I don't. There's no word that the Chiefs aren't taking the victory out here. So I think the Chiefs take a victory, but it could be a closer game than you may expect. Both Patrick Mahomes and the way the defense is playing, the Chiefs are going to definitely take a victory over the Raiders, who's definitely younger, a younger team than what the Chiefs are. Yeah, um, and then another game that. Again, because of COVID, we have to monitor. And that's now the Cardinals and the Jets. You saw this morning that the Jets got sent home because of presumptive positive test. We also did see last week that the Saints had a false positive. So we hope that's what this is. Um, but if they do play, it's a game that I think the Cardinals need to bounce back in. It's the New York Jets who are playing like the worst team in the NFL, like we predicted they would. And it's the Cardinals who are who started off very hot and then have kind of fizzled out the last two games. Um, this is a game that I think they should win in a very dominant manner. Um, they have DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake. I think this is the game where you need to see him get going. Um, I know a lot of people in fantasy are waiting for that week because he was a high pick. Many people took him in the first, second round. So, why not get going against the New York Jets? I think this is an easy pick, and I think it's the Arizona Cardinals. Um, the Jets do get Le'Veon Bell back this week, and I, I've i been pulling for Le'Veon Bell. Um, I have him on my fantasy team. I think this year is his year. Uh, I still think he has a chance. Even though he got hurt, he still has a chance to be one of the better backs in the NFL. Um, I'm not giving up on hope with Le'Veon Bell just yet, but I do think the Cardinals will win this game. Yeah, um, everything you said, I mean, it makes complete sense on how the Jets, and we predicted them to be not a good team at all this league, and they proved that point that way between the first four games of the season, how they haven't shown up. They haven't shown anything to show that their competing level is worthy enough to be in the NFL. Um, and I think the Cardinals have a team that's 
capable of being the Jets. And I I've hyped them up in day one, and they showed up in the first two games, like you said, and last two games they were there, but their presence was not felt yet. Their defense didn't show up. Their offense, Kyler Murray, looked really bad the last two games. And I think against the Jets, if he can bounce back and have a solid game and really show that he is the QB that the Connor is looking for, which he is, but he needs to prove it. He needs to prove that he can step on a big way. The defense needs to prove that they can step in a big way and not let teams that they should be beating hold into games and not show that they're a talented team on the roster. They have talent all over of the ball, all over, and they're not showing it. So in the corner thing at Victory here, we the Jets team that's just poorly managed with Adam Gaze as coach. And hopefully they have a big bounce by week where the corners can ride this into future weeks going forward. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Eagles and the Steelers, who the Eagles coming off that their first win of the year, and then the Steelers coming off that that bye, I guess you can say. Yeah, the unexpected bye. The unexpected, unexpected bye, bye from last week. Um, the Steelers – their defense is one of the best, as we expected coming into the season. And the Eagles are one of the biggest disappointments, I guess you can say. They are banged up. I think the Cowboys and Eagles are banged up, and they're going to be fighting for the for first in the NFC the entire year. But I don't think that losing to the Steelers is going to help the Eagles as much. Um, I think they will lose to the Steelers. I think the Steelers are playing with a chip on their shoulder from last week. I think they're kind of... They're angry about getting the short end of the stick. They didn't get much information last week. They kind of just sat back and had to take whatever the NFL gave them. So they're going to come back angry. They're going to be ready to play, and I think they're going to win this game. I always always say that I can't agree more with what you say, but every statement is true. And the one thing I'm going to say, based on that Steelers Eagles game, is watch out for that D-line, taking advantage of that banged-up Eagles offensive line, and getting the cards and wins, getting the back for stopping the one game. And with that, I'm thinking the Steelers, there's not much more to say the fact that the Steelers' defense will be dominant against the Eagles' offense, and you'll see the Steelers win. Um, And then the last 1 o'clock game is the L.A. Rams and the Washington football team. Washington football team was in the news all week with benching Dwayne Haskins. They didn't only bench Dwayne Haskins, they put him as their third string and didn't even let him take practice reps. And I said it on our Twitter, and I'll say it again now. I disagree with this benching. Dwayne Haskins, since he came into the league, has been set up for failure. His rookie season, he was behind Alex Smith, or no, Case Keenum. And towards the end of the year, they just threw him in and expected him to succeed. And then last year, or this year, um, he... Didn't they didn't get the weapons to put around them? They have Terry McLaurin, but you look at the rest of their roster. They Stephen Sims is their number two receiver. I I didn't hear of Stephen Sims until I saw him catch a ball in week one. So if you ask me, I completely disagree with the benching of Dwayne Haskins. But then again, I do see where Ron Rivera is coming from. They're still in the fight for the NFCs because of how bad it is. So why not take a shot? See if Kyle Allen is that spark, which I don't think he is to be completely honest with you because he doesn't have spectacular numbers. Um, but they are playing the Rams who are three and one and they do have a good defense and a very good offense. And to be completely honest with you, I expected the Rams to be a team that wasn't as good as they are right now. I did not expect them to be three and one. Um, I did expect them to come in last in NFC West, but they still very well could because of how good it is. Um, but this is my lock of the week. 
I'm going back-to-back weeks where I'm picking the LA Rams as my lock. Um, and I think they're just going to dominate just because of the inexperience at quarterback for the Washington football team. Yeah, I mean, I, I see the Rams saying victory not just because of that, the QB situation, which, I mean, I'm, I wasn't used to Dwayne Haskins when he came to the league in the first place. I didn't think Dwayne Haskins will be able to develop in that QB that everyone hoped he may be in college. But at the same time, like, I don't think he's done that bad. I mean, yet again, he hasn't had the weapons around him. He hasn't had pieces. He hasn't had a good QB to develop under because as a young QB, you don't – if you're not as talented as the QBs that come in the league and just start instantaneously, you need a QB to develop under. And I don't think he had that QB yet. So maybe benching him behind the third screen, he can learn behind Alex Smith and learn behind if Colin has a good uh, week and a good season after this. And learn behind those guys and be more experienced to take over a bigger role. And maybe you'll stick with the Redskins. Maybe you'll find a new landing spot uh, with a new team and develop. Because he had the potential. I just don't think he'd been de- been developed in the right way. But as for the game this week and the Redskins and the, the wonderful football team and the Rams, I think the Rams definitely have impressed a lot of people. And not stepping down, not taking the big L, as a lot of people may think, and being the bottom of the division, they definitely stepped up. So, I agree with the Rams taking a victory here against the football team. And I think they'll definitely take a victory. I think the Rams defense will come in clutch against QB starting for the first time in week five and really showing case and Aaron Donald going to take a big role. And I think the offense have a big role against that defense, which has definitely impressed with that young defense and all the pieces they have that stepped up in a big way. But I see, I don't see where the Rams don't take a victory here. So I'll pick the Rams and I win it. Um, And the first four o'clock game is the Miami Dolphins and San Francisco 49ers. The Dolphins, like I said, have hung around in many of their games. And this is one that I think they could. Um, The 49ers are, were banged up and they're starting to get healthy again. I mean, Debo Samuel came back. George Kittle came back. I think Jimmy Garoppolo um, is going to get to start again on Sunday. He's back from injury. Um, And the 49ers, the healthier they get, the better they get, obviously. And the Dolphins were very hesitant to name a starter this week, and I don't even know if they did yet. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Tua Tagovailoa starts soon, uh, whether it be this game or he comes in in the middle of the game, even starts next week. I think it's coming soon because the Bills pulling away with the division the way they are. Um, the Patriots, obviously – are still there in the AFC East. I don't think the Dolphins have a very realistic shot at winning. So why not try and create a spark and see what Tua Tagovailoa truly has? Um, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick loves playing. I know he's been a pretty decent starter and kept you in all those games. But I think it's time to see if Tua Tagovailoa is going to be that franchise guy. Um, I think the 49ers are going to win this game. I don't think they liked losing to the Eagles, which they shouldn't have last week. Uh, I think they're the better team. Um, so they're definitely not going to lose to the Miami Dolphins. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the Dolphins have competed definitely in most of the games they've played and definitely show that they're not a team to be able to over with. But I think with the additions to George Kittle coming back and Debo Samuel coming back and the running game still being a valuable piece to that team, even with the running back uh, concerns and all that, and Jimmy Grobber coming back hopefully this week, and even Nick Mullins there, they still be able to, put points up and utilize Kittle and utilize the run game effectively. I think the uh, 49ers come out of victory, but I see the Dolphins competing. And if two is in there, I mean, the game can be different. Two can 
like you said, lighter spark on the Dolphins and maybe take a victory. But I just see the 49ers take a victory here. So I'm going to pick the 49ers, my lock pick of the week. And I think the 49ers take a victory out with all the additions from offense coming back. I see the 49ers coming off with a big win. I think Jewish Kittle had another big week. So I take the 49ers, my lock pick. And then the I think the next matchup is the toughest one to predict. Um, to be completely honest with you, it's the Indianapolis Colts and Cleveland Browns. They're both 3-1. and one. Uh, the Browns coming off that 49-point um, game against the Dallas Cowboys last week. And then the Colts, who have the number one defense in the NFL, which I'm not trying to brag. I did predict coming into this year that I said the Colts were going to have one of the best defenses in the NFL, and right now they have the best. So it's going to be a tough matchup. It's the, it's an offense versus the number one, one of the better offenses right now versus the best defense right now. Um, they did lose Nick Chubb, but it seemed against the Dallas Cowboys, who um, don't have a good defense. But the Browns still have Kareem Hunt, and Kareem Hunt is very capable of being the guy. Um, we've seen it in Kansas City. Uh, we've seen it in Cleveland when Nick Chubb was even there. Uh, Kareem Hunt was doing very well. And then the Colts also have a good running game, and Jonathan Taylor in one of the best offensive lines. So it's a tough game to predict. Um, I'm going to go with the Browns. I think they're going to go four and one. I think miles Garrett is going up against his toughest matchup, but I think he's going to have a day. Uh, I think Baker and Odell and Jarvis are going to keep rolling. I think cream hunt is going to have a pretty good game. So I think the Browns win this game. Yeah. I mean, I've been on the Browns hype train for a while since ever since we started this podcast, I talked about the Browns and how, there's going to be a change with the new head coach coming in, offensive-minded, and how they're going to have an impact on the pieces they have and pieces they can utilize to their advantage with Odell. And I, we definitely seen Odell been utilized in a better manner since the first week of the season. How they've been, how they were relying on getting the ball and have him be the entire offense. Like that changed. I think they've passed the ball around. Yeah, they use Odell, but they use Odell in a way where Odell can find his way in the role and still be impactful but not just be the focus of that offense, which I think is really key. And a big loss to them is Nick Chubb. And there's definitely going to be concerns on is Kareem Hunt going to take that big role? And I think he can. Um, like you said, he took the big role upon when he was in Kansas City. So I see the Browns taking on a big role. I see the Browns taking a big step and going to get a top defense like this and showcasing a top offense that the Browns have. I think the game's going to be close. I think the coach are going to put points up against the Browns defense. That is not amazing, but yes, there has definitely – Big pieces like Miles Garrett and on the D, on that D line, who's going to have an impactful game. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a hard matchup to uh, pick, but I'm going to take the Browns because I really believe in the Baker Mayfield process. I believe in that offense. I believe in that defense holding Phil Rivers to not a stellar performance that he hasn't really had a big stellar performance. So I think the Browns defense holds, but it's going to be a hard for the offense to get things going. But I think they're going to get enough going to take a victory. So I take the Browns. Um, and then the last 4 o'clock game I think is probably the biggest game of the week I think it's going to be one of the most watched games of the week and it's the New York Giants and Dallas Cowboys um, you have Jason Garrett coming back to Arlington, back to AT&T Stadium where he was for a decade um, and then you have the Dallas Cowboys who are playing the most embarrassing football on defense I've seen in a while, probably in NFL history in, over the first four games they've given up 38, more than 38 points a game. 
Um, they let up the most rushing yards in NFL history in a single game or franchise history last week with over 300. Um, and they, yet again, they let Odell Beckham go for three touchdowns when the week before they played the Seattle Seahawks and let Tyler Lockett go for three touchdowns. Um, there was a report, actually, over the week, which I saw, which was even more embarrassing for the Dallas Cowboys, and it was Xavier Woods and Demarcus Lawrence saying that the Dallas Cowboys don't go 100%. He, they, they're defensive players that admitted they don't play as hard as possible every single play. And their reasoning was because they don't expect NFL players to go 100% every single play. And I think that was the lamest excuse and worst excuse I've ever seen in my entire life. And I think if you're Mike McCarthy, you have to be in that locker room and be, make sure that you're inside of everyone's head. Because this is a game that you have to win. It's your first NFC matchup of the year. You're playing the worst offense in the NFL. And you have Dak Prescott, who's playing like an MVP candidate. Um, the Cowboys basically told Dak that they want him to take a discount on his contract. They want to he put up the most points possible in the NFL right now. Most yards, most points with the worst defense, and they're wasting his talent. With no starting tackles, by the way. Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins are both out for the season, and they have the worst defense, and they would expect Dak Prescott to carry the Cowboys. Um, I do expect the Cowboys to win this game. I think they're going to. Uh, I think they get back on track, and they need to. If they lose this game, I think they lose hope for the season. Yeah, I mean, that, that last thing you said is definitely a big one. I mean, the Cowboys losing the Giants is someone that – would definitely lose that confidence in the locker room, and many Quinn can lose that locker room and lose that spark that they need, and they need to get back on track. I mean, I thought they got back on track when they came back and beat the Falcons, and then they showed up and they lost their bounds, and they had bad losses besides that. They they have not shown the talent that they have. Yeah, the defense is talented, but defense can do more than put effort into every single down, every single play to give the ball back to Dak, who's been lighting it up. I mean, literally, Dak and Ezekiel Elliott haven't been protecting the ball as much as they should in the first half. And if they can hold on that more, that's definitely impactful to that team. But I think what Dak has done later in the game has proven to people that the Cowboys are not a team to look down on. The Cowboys are a team to look up on. With that offense that they have, is probably the most impactful and most vibrant offense I've seen in the NFL. In histories with C.D. Lamb there, Mel Gallup there, with Ezekiel Elliott there, with that offensive line that is banged up but still can maintain and hold big defenders from getting to the Dak Prescott, and the way Dak Prescott and putting numbers up week in and week out, over 450 passing yards plus touchdowns plus rushing touchdowns is unbelievable. So I think I think the Cowboys come back on track. I think Cowboys take a victory here, and I for the Cowboys they had to be the big margin. They had to show up. And although my my uh, although Jason Garrett's coming back there, they he wants to take a victory. He wants to show that he's not a nobody to the Cowboys, and he can beat the Cowboys with Daniel Jones that offense. I don't see it. I see possibly Daniel Jones putting decent numbers up, and the Cowboys defense is not great. But I see Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott showing up that they're legit. They're the real deal. They are they're gonna win the NFC East, and I think they could. They had the potential to. And like you said, this is the spark. So I'm taking the Cowboys here in a big margin against the Giants because they need to. This is a big game for the Cowboys to showcase that offense 
can put the numbers up. And I have the Cowboys winning, and it's a big game for them, like you said. There's no way that if they don't win, then yeah, it's going to be impactful to that chemistry and that entire offense and defense totally. Yeah, I mean, you touched on something that I totally forgot about, and that's Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott's failure to hold on to the ball. Um, Zeke has fum- leads the NFL in fumbles this year, and I don't think that's a winning formula when you have such a bad defense. Um, I think he will be an MVP. Zeke uh, will be an MVP. I think he's going to have well over 100 yards in this game. I think he's going to be running with a chip on his shoulder. Um, He's going to have a huge game, and the Cowboys are going to win this game, like I said. But moving on to the Sunday primetime game. Before before we move on to the Sunday primetime game and all that, I mean, you think about this too. Like, you're going to go to defense that, yeah, is young. It it has proven to step up in big moments and make big plays against teams. But yet, the defense isn't that good. The defense hasn't proven to be that good against in these first four weeks of the season. So you need Zeke and you need uh, Dak to hold on to that football and show that they can hold on to the football. They can win in the first quarter and the second quarter and not only just take a victory in the third and fourth quarter because if they just rely on that, then they're not going to win many games. I mean, they may, they may sneak one out this week against the Giants, but in general, the Cowboys need to hold on to that ball and it starts this week. Yeah, um, and you have the Sunday night football game, which is the Vikings and the Seahawks. Um, Seahawks play well in prime time, and I think they stay undefeated in this game. They get another win against the Minnesota Vikings, who aren't playing up to their potential. They did get back on track last week with a win, but I don't see it happening again this week. Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson didn't have a stellar performance last week. I see he was a little shaky in the beginning, but it came out big in the end. I think the more he steps up, the more he will be impactful to a team that needs Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is the major piece. He's been playing MVP candy. He's been playing outstanding. He's playing out of his mind. And I think he is the guy that you need. He's the guy that you need to have a spike. He's the guy that you need to bring in to a Vikings team that, yeah, defense has him look really good. And if Russell Wilson can step up in that big way and from the get-go start off and utilize every aspect of that offense and every aspect that he can offer to that team, Seahawks are going to roll over the Vikings and it's going to be a, a big margin. But at the same time, I see the Vikings not letting that happen. The Vikings coming back after a victory and taking a big step forward. So I think the Seahawks win, but it can go either way. It's either going to be a blow up by the Seahawks or it's going to be a close game and the Seahawks win. And that's the only two scenarios that I see in that aspect. Yeah. Um, and then Monday night, the first game that got moved, you have at 5 o'clock the Denver Broncos and the New England Patriots. Um, the New England Patriots are coming off that loss to the Kansas City Chiefs last week. And I I don't think they're going to lose two weeks in a row. Now I don't think you can lose to the Broncos, who are starting Brett Rippon, even though he had a good game last week against the Jets. It was the Jets. Um, I think the Patriots win this game. Yeah, I mean, I see the Patriots taking victory too, but at the same time, like, if your QB situation is a little up in the air and it's not a definite, defined QB that you need to win, I mean, that Broncos defense isn't awful. I mean, yeah, they've lost a couple pieces on defense, but defense is awful. So I think the real battle is going to be deep in the battle. It's going to be a battle of defenses. It's going to be what defense stands out more, what defense makes more impactful plays to erupt, uh, disrupt that offense from going down the field. So – I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but I think the 
Patriots end up taking the victory in the end. Yeah. Um, and then next Monday night game, you have LA Chargers and New Orleans Saints. The Saints aren't playing up to the level that we, everyone thought they would at the beginning of the season. And then you have the Chargers who brought in Justin Herbert, and he's playing very well right now. Um, I think this game is a game where the Saints are favored, but I think the Chargers are going to win. Um, I think this is going to be an upside. I think Herbert in his first game in prime time is going to do very well. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, 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 I hope for Herbert to do well. I hope Herbert can continue to do well. Because he's a young QB with a lot of talent that has showcased his talent, has showcased that he can be a QB that Chargers are looking for after getting rid of Phil Rivers. And I want to say, really say the Chargers will take a victory, but I think Drew Brees is hasn't performed well in much of the games, but I think the way that they were able to get Emmanuel Sanders impactful more and use Trey Quan with a little more and not just use Alvin Kamala, but able to use Tavis Murray last week. I think the Saints take a victory here, and I think they're going to win, but yet again, like, the Chargers still have a chance to take a victory, and it's anyone's game, but I think the Saints take a victory, but it's going to be close. And it's going to be close than a lot of people think. Um, but the Saints win. And then Tuesday night, which is new, um, it's the Bills and the Titans. I think the Bills win this game. I think they go 5-0. and um, The Titans, I think, are going to be without a couple of their players, obviously. Um, and I think the Bills are going to win this game with a chip on their shoulder like the Steelers because they're getting the shorthand. They got to move around their schedule because of what the Titans did. I think the Titans, to be completely yeah. honest with you, are going to have a target on their back for the rest of the season. Not only they already mm-hmm. had a target on their back because of the AFC Championship game and Derrick Henry dominating the way he did. So many people wanted to prove that they can beat the Titans. Now they have an even bigger target because of what they did with the protocol. That last statement is definitely true. I mean, a lot of teams are going to, when they play the Titans, they have, they have to adapt to what the Titans have basically messed up with, with NFL and how they have not done the right things and have messed up with the protocol, messed up with what the NFL has set out and the rules they have established. They didn't follow those rules. So it's definitely impactful to now what other teams have to deal with. So I think the Bills take victory. And not only is it going to chip on the shoulder, I just think the way Josh, Allen has played at QB with utilizing what Stephon Diggs has done and utilizing the running game to a uh, complete stand. Because, yes, Devin Stanton is not a top running back, but he's been utilized in the right manner for that offense. I think Josh Allen has done enough to showcase that he's a top QB in the league and he is there to win and take that division this year. And I think Josh Allen is going to do just that. I think Josh Allen is going to come in. Yes, the defense and tight end is good. Tight ends are going to always have a good defense, and they, they showcase that defense when they played those three games uh, of the season. But I think the Bills going, I think Josh Allen does not take a loss this week, and they take the victory. But something to watch out for in this game, and I really think it's big, is watch out for how Josh Allen takes a big step from having a consistently big game, big game, big game, but is going to have a bigger game this moment, like because like exactly what you said, the Bills are going to go in there, with vengeance, the fact that they have their schedule moved around because the Titans have not done what they needed to do. So in final, I think the Bills take a big victory here, and I hope the Titans learn something from this and the fact that they have to start doing the right thing because if they don't, then every single team is going to want to go in there and just show that they shouldn't be in this league and they support for every game of how badly they've 
handle the organization with COVID. Yeah. Um, those are all the games. So we encourage you to go check out Thrive Fantasy. Um, use Hawk0810 to subscribe, like, and comment on any of our channels. We are on Twitter, Spotify, YouTube, everything. Um, and- keep sending us information. Keep sending us feedback on Twitter that you wanted to talk about on, on an upcoming podcast. Just reach out to us. We'll give you the information. We'll give you what you guys are looking for. We're going to give you news. We're going to give you updates. We're going to give you predictions. We're giving you the football information. Give us what you want to hear. So we're not just talking about what we want to talk about. And we're here for you. We're here to give you the best NFL news possible. So with that, I go.